0: Paul Wallace way back in the beginning of the 1990s, I remember him up there talking and going, you don't really own anything, you have to understand that on the dollar bill they made a mistake, because they forgot how to spell, because it's supposed to say in gold we trust, yeah. <laughs> and how does it feel to be on the reservation? Because you're all on the reservation now, oh, yeah. the government owns everything, you own nothing. You know, and, you know and, and, and then also there's been a big shift in consciousness with people regarding their true spiritual awareness. There, there was so much going on for a while in the, in the latter part of the last century that people got confused with how many different road signs there were. Yeah. And uh, people compromised things. And so everything got really chaotic, you know, and then... Meanwhile, while things were going on, and it seemed like every time we went away on vacation or a holiday, we'd come back and the administration would have all these presidential edicts that they passed while everybody was on holiday. Remember that? Executive order. Yeah, here's an executive order. We're now turning over the lands of Yellowstone to the International Park, blah blah blah. The and, mountains you know, and, and I remember pulling up to Yellowstone once at seven thirty in the morning, I was the first one in line. And, and I pulled up, and there was a sign that says, you know, that essentially this was property of the United Nations. Well, International Biosphere, Smoky Mountain, so the old Cherokee uh, domain has been given to the U.N. Mm-hmm. National Heritage Rivers Act. All, all the rivers, basically, that flow into, with well, the watershed that flow in the Mississippi River, uh, the U.N. has got a right to come in and fence them all off. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think the I think the only uh, the only uh, watershed that, that isn't included in the uh, Heritage Rivers Act is, is anything that flows into the Rio Grande, mm-hmm. because they couldn't you know float that with Mexico or something. You know, it's amazing. Well, you know, and the other thing too, when you lose that strength in your spirituality, you don't do the ceremony. You don't do the sweat loss, and you don't do the breathing, you don't do the meditation. What happens is you very easily become steeped again in, uh, shall we call it, maya, and, you know, beta thoughts, and all you're doing is watching TV. I mean, like, you know, what do they do in America? What was that uh, news commentator who said, why do I have to have a president that tells me he's just like me? How can you be just like me? I mean, you're just like me, you watch television 12 hours a day. So everybody's like, the only thing that you are watching is media news. It's the same six stories, if you've ever really looked at it. It's the same six stories that they play all day long, 24 hours a day. You see the same clips, the same footage. And it's all about this political particular agenda that's got nothing to do with news. It's like, I go, well, how come they're doing the same six stories 24 hours a day? There's something else going on, you know? Yep. Um, And as that goes on and you become more and more apathetic, what happens is you don't notice those strange little moments, which is something that I have been very aware of and I get a lot of letters about. Uh, part of the reason why I'm calling this particular group of visions to the looking glass. Because a lot of people are experiencing strange occurrences with missing time. A lot of people are experiencing uh, seeing things in the sky that a small group of people see and nobody else seems to see it. A lot of people are seeing uh, relationships dissolve. A lot of people are seeing that the effects of now, we're going into the third generation, that they have destroyed the family structure in this country. And so you've got these kids running wild on the street with no traditional beliefs that have been cast down to them. They're strung out on drugs. They've got all sorts of psychological problems because of genetic foods and the things they're putting in foods and spraying foods. The chemtrails they're spraying from the sky. The stuff they're putting in the water. Everything from fluoride to you name it that they put into the water so that you don't get cavities, which is like ridiculous because all you need is a tiny little drop of fluoride to help prevent cavities. The amount that they put in there is ridiculous. Um, we're, we've been talking for years now about things going on in the rivers and in the forest, the forest dying, the old trees just disappearing, animals disappearing, uh, migrations of birds and whales going, cattywampus. Uh, seasons being mixed up. I mean, we've been watching this thing going on for a while. Uh. And yet, people are into denial, for the most part. And as tragic as something like this tsunami is, it's a wake-up call. It lets us know how puny we are. Uh, sure enough. I mean there's nothing you can do in the face of these kind of catastrophes. You know, and and there's nothing you can do when a volcano goes off. There's nothing you can do when, I mean just the other day uh, what is today, New Year's Eve, so three days ago they showed pictures on the news of 14 inches of water flowing through the streets of Los Angeles. What they didn't show on the news was that they had to evacuate the people from the center of town in Sedona, Arizona because of the floods. Well, you know, who who predicted that? Um, Oh, somebody in the Hopi Sinan said, uh, was it Andrew, said that that some of the folks in Sedona would have to be careful, it might even be flooding. So we're seeing all of these different things. Oh, yeah. snow and snow in the United Arab Emirates yesterday. huh Oh, that. in Arabia. <laughs> Men. Like oh. no, I said winter, summer, all mixed up. It's well, the other thing too is, you know, it's amazing how 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 the schedules work. It's like. If you want to know what's going on in the world and what's going to happen next week, you just got to go to Walmart. Well, it's like almost seven... And Walmart tells you that. Okay, Christmas is over. Oh, yeah. Now we're on diets. Yep. Yeah. And all the clothes that were there three days ago <laughs> <laughs> have now changed, and they got all these tank tops and bathing suits. It's like, What are they telling people to go to the tropics? Well, here in southern Missouri, it's been like 68 two days in a row. <laughs> yeah, you know, we had to open the front door because it's too hot the yeah. And the house. We were seeing a lot of that. Oh, we had two weeks of, you know, down to the teens and all, now all of a sudden it's springtime. And then on TV, I thought it was kind of funny because I've been preparing this information and getting it out to people. And, and when I go to TV, what I'm seeing on TV is, the Armageddon, you yeah, they they even you know did the, the title thing and they they started calling everything end of days. Okay? And They showed the Omega Code tonight, okay? You know, so I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. We should put one on my website. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's not like when Art Bell took the quickening, and I, you know, I had to fight with him about it. You know. <laughs> uh, the the thing here is that, you know, that this, this is an interesting slant on Armageddon. Essentially, Armageddon is a Judeo-Christian myth. It talks about the end of all the earth. It talks about this total destruction. It talks about the armies of the Antichrist fighting the armies of the Christ um, in the fields of Harmageddon, okay? And Harmageddon is Harm, Mountain, Mageddon. Megiddo is Mageddon, Mount, Mageddon the fields of Armageddon. And the fields of Armageddon were particularly for thousands of years from the times of Babylonia on the, the site of a lot of major battles and a lot of bloodshed. It's, it's where one faith met the other faith and where one fate of a country was determined upon the outcome of the battle. Okay, I mean the Egyptians fought there, the Romans fought there, the Babylonians fought there, the Assyrians fought there the Hebrews fought there, that's where David slew Goliath, I mean, it's all about the end time and it all talks about this term, Apocalypse, well, it's really interesting when you get into Apocalypse that was written by John, and John wrote it in a cryptid alphabet, and he used Greek, because he had to hide from the Romans. And he used certain terminologies that would have at the time been very familiar to the Bible scholars or or, or the scholars of the sacred text, more correctly, in that period. They would understand what he meant by his little terminologies. And the term Apocalypse in Greek, ancient Greek, actually means the unveiling. That's what it means. It means the undeniable, the taking away of the shrouds that cover the truth. So this time of the apocalypse, according to the true definition of the ancient text, is a time of the burning away of falsehood. It's the revealing of the truth, which falls into line with the Hopi prophecy of purification, a great purification in line with the true teachings of the Prophet, the Christos, in that as the Christos energy emerges, and there's this integration of energies during this time, what happens is that falsehood cannot exist in the energy of the Christ. And that all things are revealed, all the masks are removed, all the games are seen clearly, all the corruption becomes uh, put out on the table, so to speak. Now, you know, at the time that was written, because, you know, that was thousands of years ago, they didn't have Internet. They didn't have instant access to have an event happen somewhere in Thailand and for it to be on worldwide media seven minutes later. Or, as it was going on, well, how else can somebody walk into a temple in Jerusalem and declare himself to be God and have the whole world be which is prophesied? Mm-hmm. And so now we're seeing this whole thing put on the table. So we're seeing, as, as the true meaning of Apocalypse says, we're seeing the unveiling. And we're seeing these people who have been programmed with the myth, and there's a point that I'm going to get to with this, of it's the end, you know, well that's okay because if we go back through history even in this country, how many times has the second coming been predicted? How many times has the end of the world been predicted? And we've seen whole religions created around it. I mean, you know, we can go back to just like, uh, for instance, in 1843, there was a farmer in New York whose name was uh, Miller. Yeah, I was going to say you're talking about the Millerites. Yeah, and and, and he pursued in 1843 on April whatever. Uh, Jesus was going to come down. It was going to be the end of the world, and that was it. Well, when it didn't happen, they said, Ah, we have no information. It's happening next October. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, uh, oh, it, uh, next uh, October in 1844, and then when it didn't happen again, well, he just like sort of slipped off into obscurity, and the Millerites became the Seventh right. Day of death, Right, you know, and so we, we see this going on and on and on. Joseph Smith said that Jesus was going to come in 1890 if he was, you know, and he was told that he would see God again. Uh, if he well, there's Christ. a very interesting thing to but, but, but Jesus did show up, but he showed up at Walker Lake. <laughs> well, he showed up at a ghost stand. He showed up at the Walker Lake, Nevada at the ghost fan. That's right. And, and and it was 1890. That's right. 1890 was the year. It was That's right. 1890, Boboca was there. Okay. And there's even documentation right. to this, for those who think like we're just shooting off the hip and coming up with crazy things. But there, if you go into the archives of the Boston Globe, which was a prominent newspaper back then, which is where I got my research information on this when, when I was writing things about the ghost dance, uh, that it's, it, they have interviews with army officers and, uh-huh. and dignitaries from the government that were there and talk about some of the strange phenomena, events that happened. Uh, they talk about this fellow that came out of an orange donut, get that, and walk down what appeared to be a stairway. Well, you know, can you, we're talking about a bunch of Plains Indians, okay? Mm-hmm. How would they have whatever they needed to build a scaffolding? Okay? And that when this fellow came down, he spoke to all the tribes and all the tribes understood his, his, his words, so he obviously could not have been a Native American. I, I remember reading these articles. You know? now this happened on a military reservation uh, telegraph traffic going back and forth from uh, Nevada to Washington, and uh, uh, excited the whole country, and it ended up shortly thereafter with a, a big scare, and actually a message. And they the called regime. it the Messiah movement. Yeah, you know, and somebody added to it and scared a bunch and of like, people. Like, well, let's kill our Indians. Yeah, yeah. Because to bring, I mean, like whenever you said ghost days, it brought up fear in yep. everybody, you know. But the, the point of the matter is that at that at that ceremony because the Shigarwins came up from South America and the Kenichita the, Kenichiwa the great white chief who was the designate uh, representative of the Prophet spoke, told them he was not the Prophet, that the Prophet was coming, they had to prepare, they had to continue the ceremonies and then he picked a circle of, I believe it was 12. And out of the 12, 11 were Chagardwin and from South America, which is around uh, Ecuador, I believe. That's where they are. And there was only one representative from up here, and that was Porcupine from Northern Cheyenne. Shortbowl did make the list? was the one who traveled with... Ah, okay. short bull sometimes called sitting Bull, but it gets confused in history writing. It was Arapaho, okay And it's sort of like the story of Hiawatha because Hiawatha had a speech impediment. And so I mean I mean the, the fellow who traveled with Hiawatha, Hiawatha was his tribe, the orator. The fellow who traveled with Hiawatha, who, you know, if we get into the depth of the story, get away from Genesis 2 and and Mark Huber, what we're really talking about is the Ghanawita. Yep. And the Ghanawita has speech impediment. And so he had his disciples speak for him. So did Moses, that's why Joshua And so did Moses. So Moses and Aaron to the talking. So did a lot of highly spiritual. They had speech impediment and and lips. I guess there's some detriments to chewing on that manna. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, that is not good for your teeth. <laughs> but, but it, you know, again, we we go into this, you know, the the end of days. Uh, you know, well, what does it mean? Well, when you go to the Judeo-Christian faith, it means civilization will be annihilated. This angry God comes down, destroys everybody and everything. But you know, but don't worry, because God loves you. Okay. Don't worry. God loves you. So all you have to do is be good. But we're we're not going to tell you what that means. We're just going to put you out here without a field guide. And if you make a mistake, you're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And you know you sort of like, well, if God loves me and God this is this forgiving being, God loves all things, then why is God going to punish me if I don't even know that I'm doing wrong? Okay. I, I thought God was forgiving. Uh, okay, and I don't mean to be disrespectful or sacrilegious or anything, but it's like it is particularly within the Judeo-Christian faith, because when you go to the other face of the earth, you go to the third world people who actually far outnumber the small percentage of people that are up there doing the media programming, okay, and the, and the, the dogma shows, well, there's no talk about this total destruction. There is talk about this time. There is talk about the end of days in, in the end of the dream as we are experiencing it, in that the world that we we are seeing now no longer will be, there will be this other paradigm born. There will be this return to, to the sovereignty and the awareness of the being. Whether you go to the Mayan, whether you go to the Hindu, whether you go to the the Dogon people, when you go to the Aboriginals in South America, you go to the ancient Chinese beliefs. It does not exist in any other faith except Judeo-Christianism, which is, is, you know, it's hellfire and brimstone. You're talking about the end of the hedonistic Gentile system. Well, basically, my question is, who are the hedonists? Mm-hmm, yeah, really. Who has turned war, war for the purpose of religion, yeah. into a megalabillion-dollar industry that now controls the world? How many people have been killed in the name of the Christ? Yeah. And was it in the name of the Christ? Was it was, or was it because of political agendas? Yeah. Were the popes anointed, or were they placed into power? Tell of all. God will sort them out. Okay? Um, you know, and, and when you read things like the Chilin Balam, or the Pupul or, or even the Koran, and I know that that might touch a couple of sensitivity buttons, because right now it happens to come from people who unfortunately are called people of the Middle East, and we've been programmed with a picture that everybody from the Middle East is a potential terrorist. Tell your children to run from anybody who's wearing a turban. The fact of the matter is, Cherokees wore turbans. So I guess we should run from Cherokee. I still do. Yeah. Well, Rolling Thunder like me wears, wore a beret a lot. Yeah. Just because it didn't knock off in the bushes <laughs> <laughs> right. while you were collecting firewood for the lodge. You know? um, Warmer food. And it was handy. You could roll it up and put it in your pocket if it got too hot. Um, but. This, this fear of death, this fear of you know judgment, this fear of, you know, it's, it's and, and as we get into some of the Christian faith, I had an interesting conversation with a minister the other day about the teachings of the Christ, and I said, okay, and we're talking, and I said, but how much of the teachings of the Christ are in the Bible that you're quoting to me? If we're supposed to figure out what the teachings of the Christ are from what's in the Bible, there aren't that many. Where are they? People don't remember the old red letter Bibles, and just just how little of the red letter, which was actual word of Jesus, supposedly. Mm hmm. Well, the the Jesus that I know, Jesus Sonanda mm-hmm. Yeshua, was the, the prophet. ...taught nothing of what I see going on. All right. His teachings were teachings of love, compassion, and awareness. That, that was his teaching. Wasn't one that one. why they called him the lamb? Feed my sheep. He didn't say, flee from my sheep. He said, feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, go out and collect the weed, the, 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 the wool. Uh, he, 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 he did say, however, that in the end times... You'll you'll have to beat your plows and, and and shears into swords. That there will be those that will persecute you for for my sake. He did say that. Yeah, he said if if you if you don't. And he also said about the end times. You, cl- cl- you know, sell your clothes and get a sword if you need one, apparently. And I, I think it's in Mark thirty-six where he said, because Mark did. Mark turns around and says, well, how will we know of these end times? And he responds, and I'm, I'm not reading it from anything, but he responds basically, there is no one in the heavens that knows the time. Of, of, yeah. not, not even the angels, nor the Son, only the Father knows. Well, I might like the why they call the Prince of Peace when he made the statement, I came not to bring peace to the world, but a sword. Yes. He came to divide families, people, he came to sort, he was trying to say that, you know, if a man doesn't leave his family or his wife or whatever and come to me, then uh, he was trying to sort people out and create a sieve. And, and boy, that's going on. you have The wheat have fully grown up among the tares. And um, you know, people talk about the rapture, but you know, the Bible says that the the wicked or the terrors are going to be removed from among the the, uh, the good guys. Well, that's the exact opposite of the rapture. I'd like to see how that's going to play out. And so the other prophecies like you'll seek death and you won't be able to find it. And it's going to be interesting. You'll ask for the mountains to fall on your head and they will not. But then he also told us that in those days the you know, winters will be shortened. Yep. So that you. Will not be devastated by the effects of them, and we're seeing that now. Who knows if we move into a fourth dimension, which is a lot of people are talking about? Maybe we won't be able to die, and, and people won't want it, and they won't be able to. A lot of really interesting. Uh, I, I, I go into that and through the looking glass because I think a lot of people are have. A misconception of the fourth dimension. Life exists here on the third dimension. Life exists in the fifth dimension. The fifth dimension is essentially the, the level of the masters and the immortals. There, there is no life and death. There is no time. The fourth dimension is strictly a bridge in between. Yeah. It's like the elevator from one floor to the next. And what happens there is because of the nature of it, nothing ever truly manifests. So what you have is this dust storm of potential realities that are created, malformed thoughts, evil, uh, nightmares, discombobulated thinking. Uh, God knows what, you know, when you dream of demons and monsters, it all gets caught up in this sieve, so to speak, called the fourth dimension, because it can't go through the other. And I I think sometimes that may be what the white light is, Uh because grandfather used to talk about the white eagle. And that you could not pass into the world of the subconscious, you had to go through the heart of the White Eagle. And if you were not pure in thought and pure in intent, you did not go through. Hmm. I don't know if you remember stories like that. Well, I remember seeing the White Eagle on the, the 4th of May, 1996, a cloud formation. Hmm. My son and I both saw it and uh, lasted for about 30 seconds. In a 50 mile an hour wind, we're on top of our trailer putting the new pad in the swamp cooler down in Moab, Utah. And I found out two weeks later that a whole bunch of traditionalist Navajos had also seen it the same day. It was pointing in the same direction toward Fort Horners. And the next day, two Navajo deities showed up and told the, the Navajos to get their act together, which they promptly disobeyed. This More was like the our early 90s. Yeah, it was ninety six. Okay, so it was the mid nineties. Just I, I know around eight, that fifth, time. Eight, I know. Sorry, I got a lot of Navajo friends being down here. Hey, day. I, I remember you know the the corn pollen path. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of. And and they they talked about that where the that there was this reappearance of some of the kachinas that were coming back, and where these kachinas appeared, or where they walked, you would find wild corn plants growing. Sure. And I can't tell you how many people would call me and go, I got a corn plant growing in the middle of my backyard, and they were someplace in Prescott, Arizona. Wow. And, and and I saw these things going on all over the place with these corn plants that would just appear, you know, I mean, they would just appear, and like, you know, I mean, w- Lori Toy who did the I am America math. <laughs> called me up one morning, because she lives in Payson, and I lived right near there on a ranch. And she said, you, you better come over here. She says, I got six <laughs> corn plants growing in my front yard. Oh, yeah, So hey, I, hey, so hey, I drove hey, the driveway. And I walked in, and, and I said, well, you've been blessed. You know, the was came here. And, and but that, that was about that same time. What well, happened made May 5th was that, um, uh there were two women living on Rocky Ridge, which is where Novo Sundance for like 50 years. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the old woman was uh, uh, living with her daughter-in-law. The old woman hadn't spoken in years. Mm-hmm. And uh, now this was written up in several newspapers, and the account of what happened was that there was kind of a whistle heard, and a loud, uh, kind of a ex- muffled, kind of an explosion, and. Uh, Uh, old grandma had had spoken in years, she said, we're going to have company. So the younger woman steps outside and she sees these two beings standing above the ground in white robes uh, in a circle of corn pollen. And um, they told her that the Diné better get back to their ceremonies, better get back to their language, their original set of instructions their original diet, you know, you got 40% of them are diabetic and I think something like t- 10% or 5% of the people were, something like that, a ridiculous amount of people were on dialysis, you know, just sick. They said, either do this or, you know, o- ominous bad things are going to happen. So there was an uh, um, uh, interesting fallout about that and I've got uh, some articles about that over at wovolka.com about what happened. In the, but the day before was the day I saw, my son and I saw a white eagle, and we found out two weeks later we are talking to a couple of, uh, a young Navajo couple that, uh, that, that same day that there were a whole bunch of traditionals down around Kanta that all saw the same white eagle in the sky. Mm-hmm. So we thought, oh, yeah, that's weird. Okay, but, but in, in, in your memory, in your experiential memory in this life, in, in being around countless elders and things working with this. And you were back in Tennessee, so you were with the Katua there, okay? And now you're down in Kabul, and you're with the Katua there. And you, you, you work with elders like I've worked with elders. You worked with RT. You knew I So you, you knew all the storytellers, right? Yeah. Well, Did you ever hear stories? About the absolute annihilation of humanity on this earth. Yeah. No. I've never heard that. Okay. i have heard RT talk about putting together a, a a horseback army that would go into LA and uh well, he was always talking about that, you right, machine guns and Oh no, no, never guns, never guns. He just said there would come a time when there would be some kind of destruction that we that Indians would have the opportunity to go in and do relief work and, and raise children that would be orphans. Mm -hmm. But I've I've never heard an Armageddon tale. No. And and, the point I'm getting at, too, with this is, like, what they tried to do with the emergence of the fifth sun and the Mayan prophecies. They tried to bend it around. This is one of Humboldt's favorite thieves. They've tried to turn it around and turn it into an Armageddon scenario. Mm-hmm. So, And he's like, what are you talking about? fair This is not in our prophecies. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. It's a change. You have to go from on one season to another. The Mayans are very aware of time. I mean, they're time keepers and they're also very aware of dimensional shifts and they talk a lot about the priests who were sent into the future to rectify things that would go wrong Um, there are amazing writings within the Popovul and the Chumbalam. Balam Um, they're very articulate and they're very precise about all The the problem with a lot of these Western interpreters that go there is they have one fellow who's willing to sit down so he can get money to feed the village because they all live in this giant communal relationship. I mean, everything that Lombus makes goes back to the village. Uh, And they get one story from one guy based upon one thing about one particular, well, remember when we had no bus on? Yeah, basically he said, hey, I know a thousand glyphs, and every and the guy that they quote knows 30. You know, so what's the problem? Why do they believe him? He's got a doctor in front of his name or whatever, but... I think it, I think it was, except there was over 2,300 glyphs. Yeah. It's, and this guy bases his whole thing on 30 of them. Yeah, that was his And so we see this going on all the time, you know, and... So Humboldt always said, well, what are you afraid of? And he says, if we're going to this time where this Christos energy that you say is coming, he says, well, we have the Christos. He was Kosikawa. He was the pale prophet. I'm go into the stories of it. And if we're going to go to this age where everything is most pure mind and where we start to merge with our spiritual self, there cannot be any corruption. So what you're talking about in that time is an end of corruption. Why is that frightening? Yeah. I think that's the scary part, because right now everything, everything, everything is integrated. We're seeing all levels of life, all dimensional levels of life. They're integrating. So, what does the word integrate mean? It, it, it means that you don't see one; it's not it's not John Wayne Pilgrim. Yeah. It, it's it a more like Twilight Zone. Yeah. We we have entered the world of Castaneda. Yeah. And we're seeing the light turn to things, and, and I remember a part in the and I think it was the Power Silence, where he's talking to Don Juan. And there was this bush out in the desert. And he rationalizes the whole thing out. Because he saw this, like, buffalo wallowing in the ground and this other animal on top of it. And then he rationalizes the whole thing out. And, and Don Juan's letting him go through his whole little drama. And he says, what a shame that you have reasoned out the miraculous. And I think a lot of people today do that. Yeah. They reason out the miraculous, and, and the miraculous does not happen by logical means. is it because nothing surprises anybody anymore? It's, it, it's, it's not that nothing surprises them. It's that they don't want it to, to... I mean, they'll pay anything to do it, okay? They'll go to Sedona and pay you know, $3,500 a yeah. week to sit down at the feet of this new age guru who sits there and promises all these things and burns patchouli over in the corner. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, you know, sometimes I listen to these people and I, I talk and I go, man, you know, that's a pretty good drama pony show, you know. I, I can't. But nothing ever happened. Yeah. They don't ever heal anybody. They, they don't ever confront a demon. They don't go up to a person and tell the cancer to get out of the body and it gets out, I've seen R.T. do that. I've seen R.T. throw a steak on somebody with gangrene on their feet, and 20 minutes later he said, Now get a piece of paper or something and take the piece of meat off his leg. And the leg was totally back to natural color. And all the putrefaction went into the piece of meat. Granted, our team has some strange ways of doing things. Yeah. But I, I, I've seen native healers and native elders do that. These other guys, they're like talk shows. It just seems like the entire New Age movement has turned into one big travel. So yeah, it's all it's all about you know power place tours. It's uh, and for instance, um, there was one. You know, we we you know, you and I have a mutual friend. And you know, back in, you know, back in May, I mean, this show just about went under. And uh, he arranged for me to call a friend. And I told him, I said, look, I said, we we need $500 to keep this show going. I said, we're not going to ask you again. We're not going to need it again. And uh, he said, okay, well, we got something coming in and you'll be hearing from us. Never heard, never heard, never heard. Next thing I hear, I see a picture of this guy. Sitting on the floor in the Taj Mahal, listening to a boombox. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's what was important to him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all about travel, to sacred places, the good. I mean, that's all fine. It, it, but it, it's just it's all about a person's individual needs rather than helping other people with with theirs. Um, and I was just absolutely shocked. Uh, uh, and we were, we were just having a horrible time and uh, back during that period of time, and and, and new age folks were coming on and saying, oh, well, you're not manifesting well, so, you know, I don't want to be around you. That's just a nice way of saying, you're too poor, you're depressing me, goodbye, you know. And this was, was insane. Was just insane. Yeah, but I, I heard that... Uh Yeshua didn't teach in the houses of Herod. Yeah, no, he didn't. And I, I heard that he went out amongst the working people. And he picked a fisherman to be the head of his group. And and the one guy who did have any education wound up becoming Judas Iscariot. Well, you and I are certainly reprobates, so and now we know why he love them. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> and, and, but like, yeah, it's, it's just become this... You, you can't theatricalize, if that's a word, you can't theatricalize the spirit, you know. It, yeah. Spirit comes and does things, and even when you're running the ceremony, you you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and sometimes you're sitting there in total awe of what's happening, because you... you It's just unexplainable sometimes, you know, you you just have the right element of people who come without agendas, and they come to really call spirit in, and these absolutely amazing things, it's like being in a Steven Spielberg movie. You're watching these things go on, you're like, wow. It got started in such a fine direction, and then it seemed like it splintered into 300 different 400 different movements, and then it just kind of drifted from there. Well, it's like all things. The minute that we turned it into enterprises to make money, yeah. yeah, then it dissipated instantly. Yeah. You know, and and it just dissipated instantly. And and then the quality of people started to change. They got, you know, there were so many elders out there doing absolutely amazing things. Uh, not that they were doing anything but they were just facilitating the energy but these amazing things happened and then what happened is you know <laughs> i'm going to put it this way grandpa wallace said to me in 1994 i, I just came back from sears robot buying him a wardrobe because he was wearing the same shirt for three weeks and i said you know grandpa we got going to get you some clothes and so we went to sears it was amazing, you really know how to pick out good clothes. Because <laughs> <laughs> after three days, guests and fish begin to fake, right? Yeah, that's right, you know. <laughs> anyway, you know, so Wallace is here, he goes, you know, he, he says, you know, w- w- we don't have to worry about what we say. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, he says, we already told him everything that was going to happen. He said, but his Washichu, they want a new show every week. Yep. And he says, you know, what's to say after the flood? You know, all we can give you is more pictures of the flood, And, you know, it was like, you know, I, I, I think people just sort of like, you know, sure, their heads, they didn't know sometimes where Wallace was coming from. Say, okay. But I understand now exactly where it was coming from. It was like, no matter what you present, no matter what you have, I mean, everything's been said. Let's go to Hope Villa. Let's talk to Hope He It's all there. Now they're just watching it unfold. They're watching it unfold. And I think right now, we are watching the pathway to Armageddon, we, we, we are watching the beginnings of the purification and we're watching things like this tsunami over in, 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 in Thailand and India and Sumatra, where we're seeing what they told us would happen, begin to happen. And it's not about this final ending and punishment, it's about... Okay, let's look at it this way. Isn't it amazing that that happened there and it didn't happen to a major industrial city? Yeah, I mean. Wh- Can you imagine the chaos if something like that happened well, why, why to Los why, Angeles? Why did Creator pick the poorest people in the world to dump on this time? Well, again, I get into that a lot, too. So. And I think it's because the, the poor people got faith and they come right back. Well, you know, what does it say in the Bible? It says that. that, that those that he loves, he chases. You know, so there to be a few people vacationing in time. But, you know, basic. You know, with, uh, uh, amongst Native people, there's a belief. And I'm going to use Cheyenne dog soldier, for example. When you purify yourself, and you're standing in your power, death is just the doorway. And when these things happen I believe that they happen for the drama of everybody watching it not necessarily for the people that are there the suffering we can show faces like that from the conquerings of Genghis Khan to the 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 slaughters of the Haudenosaunee of of all the the Mandans and the curly haired blue-eyed Indians Mass graves are here; they are there. We can show it from the English with their smallpox blankets and the diseases and common colds wiping out entire tribes in South America. We we can see this, you know. Most people, for instance, don't realize that when Chief Columbus came over here, and he lost his way, and that they got pissed at him because he was supposed to bring back opium and he didn't find opium. Uh, so that the lords and the princes and the royalty couldn't get stoned. And they didn't know what to do because they threw out the Arabs because they they knew he was going to find it. (laughs) And the Arabs are the ones that were supplying them with the opium. Did you know that story? No. Oh, it's a whole thing. King Ferdinand and Isabella, they were opium (laughs) freaks, Just like Wild Bill Hickok, you know. They had opium pens and stuff like that back then. And it was the mainstay of the economy. Now, one of the main reasons why they financed Columbus was because he was going to find the other way to India and bring back the opium at a better price, okay? And then Spain would then control the flow of opium throughout Europe because they were using it at that time, and Illuminati and all that. They were using it to to gain their visions, Yeah. okay? Uh, Anyway, so when Chief Columbus comes over here, you know, what people don't realize is there was like, 50 million or more Native American people. Tribes were tremendous. The cultures were all interlinked. There were trade routes that went up to Hudson's Bay, that went up to Alaska, that they traded as far over the Pacific, they traded with the Chinese. That's how they got Jade for the Maya. All these things are there. They don't, and then these guys came in and within 200 years, better than 80% of the people died from disease. Because they brought with them their diseases and their pestilence. But that's what wiped everybody out. And that's what put the big fear. These little white guys, these monkey guys, these what she drew, that were coming. And they never told the truth. And you know what? Nothing's changed. Just take a look at the elections. Nothing's changed. (laughs) (laughs) Still the same. I think that they should make these guys go out and do a Sundance before they go qualify for election. That might do something. Or at least make them go to a real unique logic. Shoshana is telling me that the European Union wants to outlaw, what, 300 herbal substances? Mm-hmm. Oh, isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Well, not, well, yeah, not outlawed it. You, you have to get them by prescription. Well, now they're trying to turn everything into a drug. How are they going to meter air? I mean, they, they're going to get all the water. They'll figure it out. They already, already have it in the Japanese airports. Eventually, so you go up and you put coins in the machine and you get oxygen. Eventually, they've got this wastewater management plan here for the Ozarks. I mean, how do you how do you pump sewage up and down mountains? Okay. And uh, but the thing buried in this legislation is that they're going to put meters on all the wells. Well, that's that's you know it's not about wastewater; it's about what's about water. Well, they'll probably do it the same way they did drugs in the beginning of the 20th century. What most people don't realize is that at the beginning of the 20th century, the end of the 19th century, there were absolutely no laws here about drugs, okay? Number one, it was considered unconstitutional to tell someone what they could or could not put into their body, okay? And so they couldn't figure out how they were going to get around this. So what they did was they came in and they said, ah, what? And people who are going around distributing this are making a profit, so we're losing out on taxes. Now that's why the Treasury Department moved in and took over all the rates on the opium dens. They took on the rates of all the companies that were putting cocaine in Coca-Cola and all the other products that they had that anybody could easily get. To a Sears Roebuck catalog, yep. anybody can go into a Sears. Or anybody can go into a Sears mm-hmm. Roebuck catalog and get hypodermics, morphine, opium, you name it, yep. cocaine. They could get it and have it delivered in brown paper right to their door. And it became an excessive problem amongst the wealthy yep. Yep. people in this country to such an extent that they decided they had to start doing something, and they so they they, they turned it around so that it became an economic thing with not collecting taxes after the civil war they had more they had a massive epidemic of heroin and morphine addicts because they were freely giving i mean they were just going in there with kitchen knives axes and whatever Italy had bayonets, and cutting people's legs off okay because they didn't have time to operate and take a bullet out it was easier to just take the leg off and so they had all these diseases and all these guys were bleeding and You know, they had hundreds of thousands of people with missing body parts, and they just turned them all into morphine and heroin addicts. And as a matter of fact, they called it the Armies of Disease. That's what they called it. And they built up these huge, that's when they put up the veterans' hospitals, and the primary reason for the veterans' hospitals were that they had a place to deal with all these addicts. I mean, this is the real story of what went on. And and, and and so they they took all of these things that were once considered gifts of the gods, sacred things from the heavens, sacred sacraments in certain ceremonies by all by different third world people. And all of these things became these debouchering, the evil, dark, sinister it was all about money. It was all about money. One of the biggest people behind all of this stuff were the English. They made fortunes, billions and billions, on, on, on the opium. They even went to war, in the Boxer Rebellion, against China, for the control over the opium. Well, see, they, they had to have something that they could take over. They, so they started taking silver over there, but they needed something that they could take over there and sell. So that's what they, that's, they, go to, they go to India first, pick up the opium, take it to China. And they literally brought down a Chinese dynasty that way. Absolutely. It was all about money. It was all about, right. you know, and, 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 and I think that that's some of the things that people have to really understand why some of these third world countries have such deep-seated hatred for us. Tell the people about Adolfo and Pizarro. You know that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's a good story. Want to tell it? You want me to tell it? You tell. It. Well, Pizarro conquered Peru, and uh, Atahualpa was was the last uh, uh, Inca emperor. And what was demanded of him was that well they they uh, they kidnapped him and said, okay, if you fill up this room, well I think it was once with gold, twice with silver, we'll let you go. So. Uh, uh, Anahualsa said, okay, and he made the arrangements, so and within a few days they build it all up. And they said, well, we lied, and uh, they, they read him a death warrant and strangled him to death But as he was dying, he cursed the white man that the coca plant, which was um, uh, a uh, tonic for the Indian, would be a curse to the white man. Guess what happened? We went through, I, mean, to a certain extent, I guess we're probably still going through, you know, the cocaine. Uh, the well, then we had the Emperor of Panama who was, you know, yeah. who's now sitting in a prison somewhere in Florida. Yeah. Puerto I never <laughs> we'll figured that one out. You know, we, it's, it's, it's the misuse. Yeah. all things, you know, when we go into the sacred things and, and when you go and you learn about Chanupa, the sacred pipe, or you learn about these different things and the elders share them. You you get to a level where they decide, you know, like, okay, you've been carrying wood for ten years, carrying water, you fed everybody bubble. You've been doing the right things and you kept your mouth shut. So now we're going to tell you level two. <laughs> uh-huh. And level two is if you discipline yourself and spend another five years listening to exactly to what we say then you will know how to do this, but the thing is that you will find out that doing this can go both ways. You can bring great abundance, great healing. You can bring death. The tools are the tools. And the tools are the sacred plants. The tools were used for awakening. They were used in sacred sacraments and high ceremony. They were not used for recreational purposes. Uh... Everything was done with a purpose, you know. It's, it's like even from the symbols that they wore on their clothes and put on their temples and put on their buttons and cards and their staffs. everything had a reason. Everything told a story. Everything had a purpose. There wasn't chance any chance, anything. Today we have logos and symbols that, that are just there, you know. And they become icons of the new corporate gods, you know. And I think that one of the amazing things that we're seeing right now in our society you know, is that the world is threatened now. The free peoples of the world are threatened by the corporations. They've taken over the governments. They've taken over the medical industry. Abraham They've taken Lincoln. over the religions. Abraham Lincoln prophesied it. It's all corporations. Yep. They, they came about during that period of time. And he uh, and it's, it's, in my, it's in my books. It's in the... Uh, Encyclopedia for the Western Hemisphere. He talks about it. He said he knew the corporations were going to be the death of this country. Well, they're here now. Welcome to 1984. Yeah. I mean, we now have a new because of national security and the control of terrorism. Within the next two years, everyone will have the federal identification card. Yeah. All new babies being born in hospitals are inserted with a chip. Well, I would measure. Because in case you get sick, we have to be able to help you. Yeah. And this way, when you come over the border, we'll know who you are right away. we we'll have a special line. And you just have to go over there and wave your hand over it, because the mark of the beast will be put either on your hand or in your forehead, remember? That's what it says. Now the mark of the beast, six six six. It just means a measure of gold. That's what it is. What it is? It's Solomon's number. He had six hundred sixty-six talents of silver and gold. Mm -hmm. And back in the early eighties, I was listening to Southwest Radio Church, and uh, somebody said that all the business licenses in Jerusalem got that number on it. Well. It was Solomon's number, so, it's, uh, plus it's a, it's a really useful com- computer matrix. Yes, and, and it's also, it's purely a financial number. Mm-hmm. So, it would have to be something that was utilized by the money lenders. That's why everything you have has a barcode. There's nothing you can buy anymore that has no barcode. Uh... Everything is worked off computer. There is no money. Everything's computer. Well, somebody somebody was tried to use cash uh, fairly recently, and uh, I can't remember. I heard this story came over an email, and they said they were somewhere tried to use cash. They said, "Oh, we're going to have to look at your ID." You know, <laughs> use cash. Give your ID, please. Yeah. But, uh, That's Well, I just get confused with the new money because all always the same. You can't tell the difference between a twenty and a fifteen band. and ten. And the coins—they don't even—they don't feel like money anymore. Uh-huh. They're all just uh, play money. And nickels look like quarters. I mean, you know, it's gets very confusing. This all happened when I was in the fifth grade, and we knew something was up back then. Mm-hmm. Sixty-four. We knew that. Hey, this is different. That's when they took the real ice cream away from your school lunch, and they made you eat that disgusting macaroni and cheese. Yeah. And those hamburgers that they saved from the carnival. Yeah. Remember those things? Oh yeah, I got. I the put them outside. Even the ants wouldn't go for them. I got. You know? a, I got. The light. <laughs> I used to taste you know, and the, and, the, and the, you put them out there, and the end of crows would eat it. <laughs> yeah, crow isn't gonna eat it. There's gotta be something wrong with it. You know. Same. So and, hey, what are they coming for you and me? Well, they already caught came, I just, I'm a shapeshifter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a shapeshifter. You know. And so it's like, you know, I, but that's so part of why I stopped being so public. Uh-huh. And, and the ceremonies, things that I do now, and I do with people, we do them in private. It just, it got too crazy, brother. Right? It just got too crazy. You know, and it wasn't, it wasn't helping people anymore. We don't go anymore, do anything anymore. And so, you know, now I, I work with families and individuals and groups of people who have problems. And I it, or sometimes I just get the occasional gift of working with some elders, you know, and, and then 20,000 people that know more than me. And I get to have them pour water and I get to learn something, you know. Uh, so, it's, 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 that, that's all part of the new energy that's coming in. Now, some people get confused. Some people get upset when you say Christos. Some people I had run in fear when I say Jesus because of all the generations of torture and everything dogma by the church. <laughs> but I think one of the things that people should start becoming aware of is that this is these are universal terminologies. Christos. is a universal terminology. All cultures talk about the Christos. They talk about the higher realm. They talk about God man. Not meaning God man, I am God meaning I am of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of the earth. People now are starting to change their terminologies and understand the meaning of, you know, the sacred mother. You know, so it's mother, father, God. They're starting to understand the male and female attributes of the sun. Because the sun birth, plasma. The plasma then goes out to... Our solar system and the solar system is bathed in new life form so that it replaces the old, degenerative, decomposing, dying life form and now new consciousness can take hold. And now the minds talk about this. Physicists, you know, within a year or less year or so, discovered that that, uh, space isn't empty. That there's matter out there, but about 90% of it is something they call dark matter. But it's still matter. That's right. And so we're, we're moving inch by inch into an understanding, one of the things that I see going on this year is that because of these catastrophes, and you know, it's like, it's really not any worse than anything you watch in any movie. If I turn on the movies, what do you see? You see murder, you see guys with guns, you see rape, you see all this stuff going on. Earth. That's what it's all about. Now, we don't know why the kids are running out and trying to get a hold of organic weapons and run around the streets of LA. We don't know. Could it have something to do with the police? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, so what we're seeing here is dramatic, is horrible. And it is a true catastrophe. And things like this are going to start happening to change people's way of thinking. They have to have the way they think change. They've had it come easy, they've had it come with blessings, the messengers have come, the elders have spoken, and nobody paid any attention. Everybody thought it was really cute to have Grandfather Thomas of Maniaca come out and tell stories. It was entertaining. Oh, can we have him at our gathering? But they didn't pay attention I remember one of the last times I saw Thomas Bonyaqa was at an event in LA. And he was real little, remember? Then next next to John Hoyt and uh, Liv Taylor, right? Yeah. yeah, I got that picture. He's there talking, and he starts talking about how he says, "You know, no. what's going on in the earth right now is like you're coming back to Grandma's house." and Grandma went away for a couple of days, and you threw a big party, and the house is a wreck. (laughs) And now, Grandma is mad, and he started pounding on the podium, and he knocked the microphone off the stand. She is saying, pay attention to me. And we're moving into a time now where she's saying, pay attention to me. I'm talking to you. You're filled with diseases. There's corruption everywhere. Even your language is corrupt. Your religions are corrupt. Your government is corrupt. Your mortgage brokers are everything in your world. Even the food you eat is killing you. There's nothing. You can't even go out and get clean water anymore. Maybe that's what Isaiah meant by all the tables are full of vomit right now. There's no clean beans to lay your head. So she turns around. and, And that whole thing, that whole tsunami didn't take very long, did it? No. It's like, it'll take more money than it took us to run Saddam Hussein, the little street ruffian out of Iraq, to fix everything that she did in five minutes, than it will take to do the whole war there. Yeah. In one fell swoop, one big kick up of grandma doing her dance. Yeah. She kicked off, she, her moccasins hit the ground and that was it. <laughs> Okay, And it's not over yet, because now we're going to see the disease, the pestilence, the cholera, the Ebola, we're going to see all this stuff. And then we're going to see this stuff merge with the genetically created pathogens. You know, they created all of this stuff, they messed around with all of this stuff in their science labs, and they put these things out because they were going to use it in biological warfare and how to control things, and you know, they they talked about, you know, okay, here's an interesting story, true story. A couple of years ago, they got together and realized they really, there were some people who were really, peace people probably, they were really concerned with and they knew the truth behind the so-called brucillus epidemic that the buffalo were threatening the cattle industry. It had nothing to do with the buffalo. The buffalo one out of every 2,000 buffalo came down with the brucillus. The immune system in the buffalo was too strong, so the buffalo didn't really die from it, so the buffalo became called a carrier, okay? It came from genetic experimentation in Canada with crops, where they were experimenting with nanotechnology and cross crossing plant, M- molecules and human blood molecules so that they could come up with various incendiary things, including a new kind of intelligence for a new computer which would basically have these elements and these cells placed in the memory banks of it, okay? And then they came out and they experimented with the wheat, the wheat went bad and so I remember, like in the, in the early 90's driving through Montana and you would see these clouds of smoke all the way, all, the whole of Montana. And they would go all down through Utah, and they would even be in Arizona, okay? Smoke. And they would say, well, they're burning their crops up north. They go, burning their crops? They think they just burned Alberta, you know? I mean, how can you? They, would, they tried burning it and destroying it. And what happened is the fire didn't kill the spores. So the spores would come up, and the stuff would start growing wild in the grass, Okay? Then they turned around and they put this stuff, and I have all little documentation on this, so someone be interested, please come to my website, contact me, I'll get it for you. So you realize this isn't just kicking up hot air. And so then they turned around and they said, okay, they couldn't make bread out of it because the flour wouldn't rise, okay, from the wheat. So then they took it and they put it into flour, this is the God's honest truth, and they gave it away to the Indians in the reservations, okay? Through the you know various Indian relief organizations, a, because Indians made tortillas and and, and, and fry bread, okay? Yeah. And so they put it in here, and he was feeding to them for a while. Okay. Maybe this like, been the real plot for the movie Canadian Bacon. Huh? The insidious right? And then, the then they took this shit, this garbage and they still couldn't get rid of it and you know, they had all these farmers up there I mean, you know, millions of acres of this stuff growing and they were experimenting with these different fields and it didn't matter which experiment or what combination of things all the stuff was tainted, polluted, crop it was all grains so then they took it and they put it in the animal feed Hello, Purina, uh. Ralston, okay and they fed it to the frickin' cows and the chickens so now what happens is Cows come out and they eat their grain and they feed them this stuff and now they're they're doing what cows do, you know. If you ever walk through the field you're gonna step in a cow paddy, right? So the cows are doing this stuff all over the field and these spores are growing out of the cow patties and intermingling and interbreeding with the wild grasses. So now the now it's spread from the cows to the elk and the deer. It was all part of a government or international experimentation on grains. And it was an experiment that went wild and out of control. Well, hey, they had to figure out a way to get rid of five and a half billion of us. But sure, did they didn't have enough bullets and bombs to do it. Yeah. They you didn't. Know, there wouldn't have to be anything left for them to live on, so. But they had to get creative, didn't they? Yeah. And then they go around and they'd say to people, well, all we have to do is eliminate some of the buffalo. There's too many buffalo. Okay, so, you know, like everybody was like, well, it's really kind of cold. It's the middle of the winter, you know. And they said, we're going to put a $500 bounty on every buffalo you take down. Now, ranchers up there, and I know ranchers that called me up, and said, you got to come up here and do something. I said, well, I don't know what to do. I said, RT suggested that we fly up there with helicopters and Uzi's. But they had people pulling up on their ranches, these these new recruits for the forest agency up there pulling up on people's ranches. You're sitting there on Sunday morning having breakfast and twelve trucks pull up from the forest service and they start shooting the buffalo walking through your backyard. This is how out of control insane the whole thing got. Well, so anyway they turned around and there were some, you know, ecologists and natural life people and said, wait a minute! You know this is a horrible thing. A buffalo are and someone's going to prove it in court, and you're going to have a billion dollar lawsuit, and we're going to sue the, the state of Montana. Okay? Well, people, say, so, wait, 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 wait! They called in the Russian scientists, whose names will remain anonymous. They called in the Russian scientists. Why did they call in the Russian scientists? Because during the 50s, they developed the strains of brucillus that are now killing the cattle, infecting the elk and the deer. And they did it as part of a biological war plan, method, in which they were going to take over and annihilate the population of the United States. Because we were all big bread eaters. Now, isn't that wild? I mean, so... Doesn't it go back to what I'm saying about the apocalypse? The unveiling. We are seeing the unveiling, and these guys just turn around and hide. You know, and I'm gonna stop before I start getting political. Just amazing. Well, people here in the Ozarks remember, uh, back during the deaths of the Depression, there was some kind of disease that was going to the cattle, uh, uh, somewhere else in the country, an open mouth, I believe. And it wasn't going on here, but that didn't stop uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt from for ordering all cattle in the Ozarks from being murdered, even though they weren't sick. So it's tough getting it's tough getting the Democrat vote around here, even today, if they remember. Hmm. And they never were, uh, uh, you know, the Constitution says the government takes something they got paid for, it. they never paid for it. Well, we're going to be seeing a lot of things. We're going to be seeing a lot of disease. We're going to be seeing a lot of sickness. Um, to, to those who hold on to the Judeo-Christian myth, they're about to release the Red Horseman. Yeah. The Red, because things are so out of control. They're, they're trying to keep a lid on it, but the, the hospitals are already having problems. The emergency rooms are having problems. They're, they're already... The, the problems that people are aware of is that they make these vaccines and they tell the companies you can make this, but you can't make any profit. (laughs) nobody makes it, and then they go, we have a shortage of vaccine, and then they do things like, well, you know, but we now have a million other shots coming in from this vaccine from last year, which is the flu inhaler, and everybody forgets that last year they put out a warning about don't take the flu inhaler because it causes you to get the flu. They pulled it off the market. Okay, but now we're giving you the same thing back. Okay, we're okay. seeing these things happening, and we are going to have to get into natural means of health, preventative things. And uh, I think now's about the time because in the next week or two here, we're going to come out with uh, a means to do that, which will be available on your site. Um, We've talked about this. Right, and we're then. just about ready to, to put this out where people can come and work with healers and work with naturopaths and find out what the alternatives are. If, if, if you can't get this, there's this. If you can't do this, there's that. Um, hopefully, there'll be enough people who will support it because people it takes money to pay people to work in the fields. They have to do these things by hand uh... they have to do these things without chemicals and it's hard to find places it's usually very small places where they grow these things that are already contaminated with seventy years of fertilizer uh, but uh... I, you know I, I think you know we're going to be making that available through the Property Keeper site and also through my site uh... because we've reached the point where the doctors in the hospital will not be able to take care yeah. of uh, you, period. Yeah. You'll get turned down if you do not have the mark. Yeah. If you do not have the mark, then you cannot take the vaccine. So uh, um, we just, we, we watched, there's a movie out right now on the video. It was a BBC movie called Code 54. You get a chance to watch it because it's a futuristic thing about... Uh, uh, Apparently, they, they, they use uh, disease to control people in their movements. And there are people that lived in and there are people that lived out. And um, uh, you couldn't get in unless you had something called a cover, which is kind of like a biological passport. Really kind of interesting. We kind of International ID card? Yeah. A yeah, okay. little picture of somebody on the back that says, my name is... W and I approve it as person. Tim, Tim Robbins. Uh, uh, it was a it was a BBC film, but Tim Robbins was um, the lead in it. It was called Code Fifty Four. If you get a chance to watch, it, it was not advertised on TV. It's just one of those things. That, I believe it's video only, but uh, we rented it by accident. It's a good movie. Kind of plotting, you know, English movies, but mm-hmm. it's really yeah. kind of a wake up call Well, I think something else that people should get is. Uh, and I could furnish you with the link from the guys that put the book out. And you can sell it through your site. you would be like a bookstore there. It's called Sweet Misery. No, 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 I haven't heard of that. It's a CD. And it's about a poisoned world. And what it is, is about aspartame and all these artificial sweeteners that are causing a whole malady of problems in Tiana today old and young, they're giving this stuff to kids in school for kind a of and that's why we're seeing all these cases of ADD, and then they're giving him Prozac to counteract what that's doing, and all these people are walking and growing up genetically damaged forever, never mind the diseases that it causes the conditions to come around and bring everything from fibromyalgia to Alzheimer's disease to heart ailments to... Uh, arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, and, and a whole bunch of brain and nerve disorders. And they're putting this thing in everything. They're putting it in candy, they're putting it in soda, they're putting it in cereal, they're putting it in soup. Put, there's almost nothing you can't buy that, that has a sweet taste to it that doesn't have the stuff in it. Okay, It's a very good, uh, very, very good, well-executed documentary on, on what it is because People need to know. You you have to be aware. If you don't want to grow a garden and all you want to do is go to the local supermarket where chickens grow inside plastic bags and and cows, hamburgers come in boxes, they don't walk on fields, then you have to read this stuff because you have to know what you're eating. There's lots of things that we can do. That We have to start re-educating ourselves. We can't wait for FEMA to come in and educate us because if they come in to give you anything, they're going to own you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to take the mark of the beast to buy the glue or the Scotch tape mm-hmm. or the heating gun down at Walmart or you won't be able to buy it. If you get sick and you don't go on the new programs that are going to come out, which means you have to take the numbers, you have to take the car, they have to put the chip in, they have to do all that. Or you don't go to the hospital, people. It's not something that's in the future. It's what's going on right now. So we have to take our own steps to build our own independence. And I know that we're talking here to a rather large indigenous audience. Remember you're the ones who taught everyone who came over here how to live independently. You taught them how to grow their own food, how to survive their head. So it's inherent in you. You know it by genetic memory. You know how to work with these things. And the plants respond to human emotions. They really honestly do. When you love a garden, you can grow it. I remember talking to Brooke Medicine about her friends who are into permaculture. And the weird weather started to happen. And all of a sudden everything died. And she was amazed because she realized that here are the Hopi in the middle of the Arizona desert. And let me tell you folks, a typical July day in the desert up on the High Mesa is 134 degrees. Okay? Dry. We're talking about less than 8% humidity. Okay? That's on a wet day. The Hopi sting water to their corn, and the corn grows. Okay, so the fact that the plants and the earth responds to our human emotions and our human thoughts is reality. If you go around cursing everything that you're on, if you're mad at everything that, that is around you because you don't understand where it's coming from, well, then the earth, the plants, they all respond to you that way. Uh, it's, it's a fact of life. We're going into a time now where we're going to experience many strange things. We're going to see a lot of bizarre weather. We're going to see this new thing coming around now that's called fire tornado. Tornadoes that actually bring fire from combusting chemicals in the air. Uh, We're going to see these Bizarre hailstorms that come in and out of your area in 10 minutes and they deposit grapefruit-sized hailstones. We had one of them here. uh, I was talking to some people this summer, and we had one of those things right after I talked about it, about three weeks after I talked about it. This bizarre hailstone came through and it was on the news and everything. They had baseball-sized hail. It lasted I mean, They still haven't gotten all the insurance claims settled yet. Yeah, they had a microburst. About two miles north of where Dick lives, uh, nobody knows what happened. It was just kind of windy and stormy that night and all of a sudden something happened and blew off a bunch of roofs and uh, uh, nobody saw a funnel cloud or anything. It was just weird. I mean, it was only an area that was maybe an eighth of a mile long. All of a sudden, just boom. Well, you know, the storms now are not natural storms for two reasons. Number one, there's people out there manipulating the weather. It's not a science fiction movie. This is not a movie starring Dustin Hoffman. This is happening in your backyard. And they're trying to control the weather, and sometimes they do. And they put aluminum and barium up there because it absorbs the water and it creates the rain clouds. And then by altering the temperature, they turn around and they alter to where the clouds move because clouds move on thermals, okay? And so you're sitting here and there's no rain in Utah, there's no rain in Arizona, there's no rain in Nevada, there's no rain in the mountains of New Mexico where it used to always rain. And now all of a sudden you have, you know, 18 inches of rain in Illinois. Okay. So they are controlling the weather. And the weather is rebelling. Nature is rebelling. We're into a period now in the war of valued life. That it is man against the elements and the elements against man and it is going down to the very nanostructure of our bodies that's why there's so much cancer that's why there's so much Ebola that's why there's only strange tumors, incurable respiratory diseases, liver diseases, we're, we're, we're filled with toxicity and we just sit there and go, what is the point we can't do anything, you know Yeah, you can do a lot of things, you just have to be conscious about what you're doing and instead of spending eight hours of the day complaining about everything, spend 20 minutes of the day working in your little five-by-eight garden somewhere. We come from a very resilient stock of people. I mean, all of our ancestors on the European side were thieves and unwanted. <laughs> and they sent them over here. What was the best thing they could do besides fill up the English jail? Send them over to the New World. Come of the Eastern Ocean. Yeah, and if they were really, really bad, they sent them to Australia, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. Yeah, and you know, by the time they came here, all of the great civilizations that were here were gone, so all that was left was the nomads and the raiders, when you came out west, you know. And the, the Apaches tried to hide in the mountains, and everybody came in the mountains looking for the gold, so then the Apaches went to the desert. And they just kept following the Apaches around. I really, the Apaches must know where the gold is. <laughs> and Geronimo would turn around and go, why are they following us here? We're seeing people being numbed out. They don't have the basic tools in the body to make the body work. They can't even think straight, okay? They're getting Alzheimer's and <sighs> rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue system, and they're wondering what's wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with them. They're not getting any nutrients. They're not getting any minerals. They might as well eat cellophane. Okay? Now, as far as things that we see going on right now, I'm only going to mention a few because we can go crazy. People can go to the website. I know that you'll have a link up there they can go there and they can get more of the story of the end times, part, end of days, part two. And I call it through the looking glass because a lot of things that you're going to see, remember the hope he told us that there'll come a time that the world will get very strange out there? Mm-hmm. And that what we have to do is come back to the natural ways, and then there'll be a time that we'll see certain events happen, and when these events happen, we'll know that it's time to go back into the Kivas. Mm-hmm. And we go into kivas, whatever you do, don't look out. Mm-hmm. Because you will not be able to deal with the things that you see going on. I remember Grandfather uh, Dad talking about, you know, even the rabbits will attack you. All these biz- And we're seeing this now. Mm-hmm. We're seeing all these bizarre things going on with animals and animals attacking people where they shouldn't be attacking people. We're, we're, we're seeing strange mutations in animal growth and everything. And it's like you can either become overwhelmed and dive into the fear. There's a lot of people who love swimming in the river or fear. Or you could be one of the radical few of God that turn around and do something. Bible says if you fear in the last days, you'll be caught in a snare. So how do you not be afraid? you're doing something to help people. You arm yourself with information and get... You can get out there, start growing your own food, get a little community together. And, uh, you know, where's your water? How's your relationship? You know, know your garden. The ten messages that were delivered to, from the uh, Hopi elders to uh, Chikosh, ao, ho Ahoho. Um, there's, 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 there's a lot to look at. You know, put down a newspaper and start reading the Prophecy Keepers. All they have is a good idea. So let me just run through some things. Sure, go ahead. In the Middle East, you're going to see continued escalation there. It's going to be very dangerous because we're going to totally dilute the strength of our troops. They'll be spread out all over the place. And then you're going to see all these disasters, like what happened in Sumatra and Thailand and India and Sri Lanka. We're going to have to send troops in to police things and to help things. We only have so many people. We supposedly have a volunteer army now. I don't believe that because I understand what backdraft means. But we're going to have to double our troops in the next year, period. And so that means they're going to reinstitute a draft. And the first ones they're going to take are the kids from the ghettos, yep. the kids from the reservations, yep. and all ethnic people. Those are the first ones they take and they put them in the, in the, in the front lines. They're foot soldiers. Yep. We're going to see this kind of thing go on. We're going to see that we're going to have to move into Iran because when they moved the weapons of mass destruction and the chemical things out of Iran, they moved them to Saudi Arabia. From Saudi Arabia, they moved him to that place where Qaddafi is. Libya. Libya? You mean Qaddafi saw what happened in in Iran and he said, The hell with this, I'm next on the list. Yeah. He got rid of everything and said, Come on in, I'm clean. I'm wonderful because they moved everything to Iran. So now it doesn't take much, you know, with all these trucks and things going on and people don't realize the extent of the underground facilities there, okay, which were conspicuously not spoken about during the coverage of this whole drama over there. But they, you know, and we have to understand, and I go into it on the website, I'm not going to go into it here because it takes too long to explain how old this war is. How old this war between the philosophies. It is literally what the Judeo-Christians call the War of the Angels. It goes back that far. It goes back to the Reptilians. It goes back to Samaria and before then. It goes back to the Anunnaki. It's the same war. And so the war here is against the infidels. The infidels are not just the Hebrew people, because remember that the Christians came out of the Jews. I believe that somewhere it told us that Jesus himself was a Jew. As a matter of fact, there's a few places where they called him Rabbi. So what we have to understand is that the people of the Judeo-Christian faiths will be under attack. What we have to understand is that we have over 15,000 miles of border here, and already they can't control the border just between Mexico and Arizona. We're getting three million illegal aliens, invaders coming across the border, and I have shots on my website. That show that some of these invaders are Chinese troops. What are they doing here? Excuse me? Now Hopi prophecies talk about the end times and I believe that also some of the Mormon prophecies in the Book of Mormons speak about end times and they talk about these ant people coming out of the ground. I know the Hopi people. Though Mormons have different terminologies for them. Okay, And you know, it's. I'm not going to get into that. This is not about religion or philosophy. But, like, there are underground tunnels, people. I'm an archaeologist. I'm known all over the world for my crypto archaeology. There are thousands and thousands of miles of very ancient tunnels that go from Bolivia all the way up to Utah, okay? I know that some of them go to Colorado, and some of them even go up to Canada, okay? And these Ways are not unknown, and these troops move and disappear, just like the Apaches moved and baffled the U.S. Army. They would go into a mountain range, the, the cavalry would have them completely surrounded, and they would disappear. And then suddenly they would appear 50 miles away, over in Peak. How did they get there? Okay. These things exist. So we have no way, in all reality, to control our borders. There is no way. If you can't make it across in a car and you're stupid enough to try to go across a border check, that doesn't even count for the people that just get out of the truck and take a walk across the woods. Where these people come from and who they are is superfluous. What matters is that everybody wants something that we have and we're one of the last places on earth to have it and that's natural resources. For all the damage that we have, we're not anywhere near the pollution of China. Yep. We're anywhere near the pollution of India. Okay, so, you know, we, we have all of these resources here, and we have a very resilient people. The people of the Americas are the most resilient people in the universe, and definitely the world. Uh, all of the cultures of the world are represented here in our history that goes back ten of oh, thousands of years. Our artifacts, the petroglyphs, all these things, that I've worked with all my life, we're a very, very old place. It may even be so that some of the stories you hear of the old biblical stories actually occurred here. Okay? Not over there. And there's some Mayans who would be very happy to hear that being spoken because they believe that. We are going to have... The destruction in the beginning by the elements, we're we're dealing with the elemental destruction now. So what we're seeing now in the beginnings of the destructions of fire, wind, earth and water. So, we're having storms, we're having earthquakes, we're having mudslides, we're we're having 200-250 mile an hour wind. This is all kicking up. Stop thinking it's the end of days and everyone's going to be wiped out. Well, we have to realize this is the purification. And the purification is more or less a call to attention. It's a wake-up call. It's like there's not a lot of time left. The Hopi know that. The Hopi are in total reclusion right now. Uh, you can't just get in and out with the elders like you used to ten years ago. The Hopi say we're in the end times. The Mayans say we're in the end times. Most of the ancient cultures of the world, there are even ancient cultures in the world who have stopped reproducing their own kind because of what they see coming. Okay? So, it's no joke time. It's serious time. And if we're serious about it, and we open up our hearts and stop thinking inside our own little cages, and we start being compassionate with other people, and we start helping each other. it You know, one man working a field is like, you know, overwhelmed. But eight people working a field, there's no work. Right. Eight so this is all about human, this is what it means to be human. So we need to learn how to work with each other and accept each other and accept the responsibilities of being human again. Uh, we're we're going to see, you know, continued drought in the, in the southwest. We're going to see the, 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 the paradox of great floods in one area and great drought in another area and then too much later you have the opposite going on. We're already seeing <coughs> the irregularities in the weather. We're seeing snow in Colorado in the middle of July. We're, we're seeing these things happen, so so be aware, please, that they're happening. And, and we also have to be aware that we're going to see many institutions fall apart. We're going to see great power struggles and money things go on between the European conglomerate and the U.S. and the devaluation of the U.S. dollar. We're going to see gold go up to greater than $700 an ounce, and I'm not talking about 10 years from now, I'm talking about over the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're going to see it go down because because the Arabs and the Chinese are already putting up uh, uh, a, a form of uh, currency that is totally 100% backed by gold. Mm-hmm. The U.S. currency is backed by mint. Yeah. There's not enough gold to cover the amount of money that we have. And the dollar now, you know, for people who are aware of little things, I'm always aware of little things because i got to feed horses and dogs and wolves. And the thing is, you know, I'm, my dollar, I, I moved to New Mexico in 2000 so I could write my two books. <laughs> and I got stuck at the States, Bob, are give me? Out of here. But, you know, like my dollar now now buys 60 cents of what it bought just in 2000, Okay. So it's basically been cut in half, um, and, and it, that's going to continue to happen. So people are going to have to start learning how to trade. Confu- you know? Jesus said, it is a wise man that abandons his luggage at least four times during life. Wow, I must be a sage, because <laughs> I'm about to come down to Kabul and raise goats. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I learned the one thing here is that you can't live without water. I don't care what goes on, the whole world stops when you haven't got water. That's right. And for those, you know, bravado men out there, watch what happens to your wife when she hasn't got water. hmm When she can't do the dishes and she can't wash the clothes and she can't clean the house, you will know what PMS is. Well, even if you use using sand to wash your dishes like the mountain man, then you've still got a rest of it. Yeah, there's only so much goat piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it dries real fast uh, the fact we have a lot of diseases coming, I mean, know that. That's why it's really important for you to stay tuned with us when we put up this Healing Tree site that will be available on Policy Keepers. Uh, it's, it's backed by Native American organization. It's also backed by a progressive Christian ministry because... The spiritual teachings of health and humanity cannot be controlled by mm. the marketplace. You live in your voice. And you can't tell Native American people, they can't tell you about natural things because yeah. that's what they're about and it's part of the Native American Religious Freedom Act. So now, Grandpa, we finally know why they passed that. Because he used to say, well, it sounds good, but first place, there's no Native American religion. So who are they freeing? Yeah. You know, and then they say it's an act. So does that mean that it's make-believe? <laughs> <laughs> well, why would they, they act it? Why wouldn't they say this is the way it is? Thank heaven <laughs> that Senator Inouye said all you have to do to, to be governed under this act is create an identification card in camera, which means on your computer at home, just make one. Yeah. They call yourself a Native American religious practitioner, and the UN says you got the right to say whatever your uh, ethnicity is, so here we go. Another thing that we should be concerned with with all the harp and ELF and chemtrails and things, is metal detoxifying. There are foods that can do this for us. We also have to make sure that we have the proper level of minerals in our body, especially copper. Um, And when they put these frequencies out, the copper filters it out. Uh, Again, I talk about it more on on the website a little bit. They have these things now, uh, Otter. They have these things that they're they're smaller than a mushroom spore. And they're little machines. Oh yeah, they're like little freaking computers, okay. Yeah. And they look like they look when you look at them under a microscope. They remind you of the the little parachute things that come out of the cottonwoods, you know, yeah. or the dandelion tufts. And they put these things out. All right, first place they fly over with these chemtrails. And I've watched every John Ford Western people. They were not in those movies, okay. So they got to be something new. I never saw John Wayne riding against the sky with a chemtrail. And you know, you, you, they drop these things, and they drop like little mushroom spores out of the back of the planes that fly at 30,000 feet, 40,000 feet. And they've already filled the air with aluminum and barium and all these different kinds of metal things. And so what happens is they now turn harp up. These things act as transmitters, yeah. and they send out frequencies. And if they do two different, and then the frequencies bounce off the little medical, nanomedical, nanometal particles in the air, and it's like doing uh, a, 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 a mirror system with satellites, okay? So now instead of one little beep coming out of this little tiny spore computer, you now have, you know, half a mile covered with the broadcast. And part of the things that they're doing is they're controlling our moods. Yeah, yeah. And they are controlling the, the metal that we're breathing in. When you breathe the metal in, what happens is, and there's a lot of people suffering from migraine headaches. Yeah. They're suffering from these sinus headaches where there's no mucus. There's just this feeling in their sinuses that, like, they can't get rid of the pain. That's kind of what I'm... What it is is the metal is forming in little metal crystals. And it creates a bar, it creates a bar of metal between the sinuses, okay? Right over the nose, which is right by the, where the third eye is. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. And so when they send out the frequency, what you've got is you've got a little radio antenna in your head. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it picks up all these little sure-way frequencies. The mood thing. And then you're in the mood thing. It's like, you know, why I went to town today and everybody wanted to kill each other. I mean, I've done enough a few turn around and drove home. It wasn't a day of the year. <laughs> but they're doing other things with it. They're also trying to control weather with it. It's quite involved. It's called nano sonic technology. And they're they're gaining ground. They won't ever really gain all the ground because at that point. will... Do what they've got to do. They will never allow the total annihilation. Mm-hmm. Never again. But they're going to get banned every opportunity. So our hardest part, and this is the beginning of it. You know, we're going to have some really exciting shows five years from now, folks. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, like your we're, we're sitting here, I remember when we talked about yeah. Oh my, hey, I remember when you spoke about that. And you know, it's we're going to. That's how it's going to go because these things that we're talking to you about now are not the potentials. They're actually happening. Yeah, they're happening. And you know, there's going to be massive food shortages, there's going to be vaccine shortages. There's going to be all these runaway diseases because they can't control the, the, the engineered pathogens and, and everything that they're putting into the food system that they're, they're, they're putting into our blood, they're, they're putting into the air that we breathe. They won't be able to control. it. It's already out of control. And uh, but we have things that we can take, because if you're in use of the disease, if you're taking vitamins and minerals, if you're drinking healthy water, if, if you're doing your meditations or, or whatever form of discipline it is, maybe you don't do that, maybe you go into sweat lodge. So it's the same thing. Yeah. And the thing is, when you're doing that, you create an insulative curtain and you allow yourself that period. It takes very little time for the human body and the human consciousness to regenerate. It takes very little time, but it does take a little bit of effort. You can't just expect somebody to hand it to you. And... You know, we're, we're going to see a lot of things go on in, in this apocalypse, the great revealing. We're going to see a lot of corporate giants be taken down and revealed over the next year with these things that they're putting into the food and the things that I have been talking about for a long time now, the things that Otter's been talking about for a long time now. But you're going to start to see these things take on headlines. You're going to see these things become everyday news. And... You know, you you will go through, I, I, I will give the Judeo-Christian man this, you're going to come up to a point in the next 24 months, where in order to do certain things, in order to, to transverse across borders, in order to buy certain things, in order to get medical treatment and things, you're going to have to take the mark of the beast. Yeah. So, if you don't want to take the mark of the beast, if you don't want to become enslaved to the beast, and don't think you can outsmart it because you can't. It's everywhere. It's like a plague. The only thing you can do is not enjoy with it. And the only way you can survive when you don't enjoy with it, the time of the lone wolf is over. This is the time now to gather in community. This is the time now to become human beings and to learn how to live together and to realize that we're under a greater threat than anything we ever previously conceived. Because what we're talking about now is the potential destruction of the entire Earth by a bunch of idiots who don't know what they're doing. They're playing with our planet, they're playing with our children like they were toys in a laboratory. And they don't have the slightest comprehension of what the outcome can be. My kids with the chemistry is yeah you know and they just made a bomb we're still supposed to believe that Oklahoma City uh Oklahoma was a bombing by one truck in a parking lot giving a break I know too many people who were in demolition and special services that took one look at that ring in in the first 15 minutes they said man whoever set that up was a genius uh but we're not getting there because that's political I'm not political folks there's nothing wrong with anybody in politics there's just an unexplained reason for why they're there. <laughs> uh, you know, I had a great teacher who said, me politicians aren't born or excreted. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to see something really strange go on here in the next year. You're going to see the beginnings of it. You're going to see uh, a great strengthening going on in, in what's going to form. Uh, and we've talked about it. I, I believe it was first spoken of and brought to our attention during Tricky Dick, Nixon's era, where he talked about the western states and the western coalition. Uh, You're going to see the western states start to gather because, number one, we have problems that are unique to the west, and uh, that means everything western of Mississippi, so I, I believe that includes you down here in uh, Okay. We're, we're seeing the the, the the basic destruction and, and eradication of an entire way of life over here, and uh, because they they could never keep up with the independence of the West, they couldn't control it like they did the East because the East had all the cities. Well, look at what's happening around us. You know, the, the farms and the ranches are being abandoned. We can't raise cattle to pay the bills because we pay seventy-five cents a pound. We raise the suckers for two years and we got to sell them for thirty-five cents a pound. We're seeing fruits and vegetables being moved to China. We're seeing the cattle industry being moved to South America. We're seeing all these different things going on. And we're also inundated by an enormous amount of foreign nationals that come in here and do not want to assimilate to our ways, but they want to impose their ways. Okay? And why am I saying that? Well, why do I travel through through Pleasanton, California, San Francisco, Monterey, Los Angeles, San Bernardino, and why why do I see the signs with all these different Oriental languages on them on the street, okay? It's like, you know, I'm this old-fashioned guy, Like if you come here, learn to speak our language, learn what we're about, learn why we celebrate Christmas, and we may not be doing that for very long, because they keep locking kids up for singing Christmas carols. I mean, you're aware of that, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just don't believe it's like any Merry Christmas. Lock that guy up. He's a threat to our national security. <laughs> what are you talking about? Leave yeah. the dead as the best thing. Merry Christmas. You know? So next year, Santa Claus may be illegal, folks. Yeah. We don't know, but, you know, it sounds crazy, but he may be, because are already in Florida. If you put up Christmas displays in front of your house, as a matter of fact, let's go away from Florida. The there was a guy in Arizona who had this tremendous Christmas display up on his house in Tucson, and they fined him $3,000 and two months in jail. Okay, so you might, Christmas may be illegal next year. We don't know, but we'll try. If not, I well, and I will be out there with our donkeys. Delivering as many presents as we can. What was the excuse for that? He, he, he was a nuisance to the community. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we're going to see this Western coalition start up, and we're also going to see something very strange go on. Because of what's going on in the world economic levels, you're going to see this consortium of Canada, America, Japan, and Mexico. They're going to get together on trade to try to hold some sort of independence. And a lot of this is going to be the result of what we see in the coming calamities that are going to happen. There's going to be some horrific things happening out in the Pacific Rim. So watch for Canada, America, Japan, and Mexico to get together. And we're also going to see the rise of a, of a new third power in the world economic political front. And this is going to be based upon third world countries and they're the ones who are the resources for the corporate machine. The corporate machine can't move without the resources. These little countries are going to be championed by China. Because China is going to be the big brother to all of them, okay? And China has the people resources, it has the military might and it has the technology, technology capabilities, where do your computers come from, to turn around and to create this third force in the world. It's going to be very interesting watching that unfold. Um, And this is especially what's going to happen in the Middle East. It's going to happen in the Far East. And then it'll try to spread itself over here. But because of what happens with Mexico, Canada, Japan, America... Uh, alliance, you're going to see a resistance toward that, and a lot of the South American countries will follow in the footsteps of what Mexico does. Um, and, you know, the, the old Hong Kong money, the old China money, well, guess where it is? Where did it go? In Venezuela. Mm. The U.S. having so, problems with uh, Venezuela right now. Yeah, so watch how things start to switch around uh, and, and and watch what your politicians are saying and understand what might really be going on behind what they're saying and why they don't want to put restrictions on borders and do things because they're aware of these new alliances that have to come together to keep the western hemisphere independent from not only the, the euro banking co- coalition but also the world bank um, so we're, we're going to see that happen and and as far as, you know, Earth changes, because everybody loves that subject, right? I, I never stuck getting Well, what's going to happen next? because like, there it's got to be 10,000 people. Once you call up Lori, Tory, Gordon, Michael, yeah, Scott? They have to you know. Uh, but the Pacific Rim, we're going to see, this is not the first one. Remember, I was talking to Nestor Night Owl on Christmas Eve, and then it happened Sunday morning. Uh, but we're also going to see something, we're going to see some major stuff going on in New Zealand. There's some major stuff going on in Japan. Now, when that happened, those tsunamis, those things, well, where are they going to go? They're going to hit, five hours later, they're going to hit Hawaii. Okay? Hawaii is, and when all those plates shift, it was like it was reported in a couple of places that this last earthquake, this 9.0 earthquake, caused a disruption in the Earth's rotation. Okay? Yep. So, when these plates shift, you know, it's like, how you could picture it is this way. You have this glass ornament, this ball from your Christmas tree in your hand, and you, you, you're you holding it in your hand and you squeeze it a little too tight, and it shatters. Well, each piece affects the other pieces, and how can you tell which piece is going to hit the floor first, and which piece is going to cut your hand? You can't tell. All, all you can see is it's shattering, okay? And this is what's going on in the Pacific Rim. So when something happens in New Zealand, when something happens in Japan, the tsunamis and, and that head south, they, five hours later, they're in Hawaii. And that's going to cause a shifting. Remember, everything that happens on one side of the plate then happens on the other side of the plate within 15 days. So now, not that the same thing happens, but it causes a reaction. You're going to see a, a major rip, a major earthquake, a major earthquake happen along the Pacific Rim on the the western coast. And that's going to be either one, big one, or a series of three that happened from Chile up to Alaska. That's going to cause the, the Three Sisters area to get activated again. So we may see some major spitting from Rainier. We're definitely going to see an eruption in Mexico again, definitely. And then something strange is, yeah, Popo. Now remember, Popo is a double volcano. Because there's a volcano on top, there's a volcano on the bottom. It's a very strange thing, okay? When the top one blows, according to the ancient Aztec prophecies, when the top one blows, then there are these earthquakes that break the tail of the turtle. When the tail of the turtle breaks, then the one from underneath, the the underground, the hidden volcano, blows up and that causes all this flooding and everything back down in that area. And that's also when the whole Pacific chain gets activated. Now I don't know if it's going to be that devastating, but I know that we're going to see some really dramatic things go on. But something very weird is going to happen and I don't know if it's going to happen this year or next year because when I'm looking at the ocean and I'm looking at the islands and I'm looking at things... There's no dates, you know, there's no little, you know, marquee line with flowing text going across saying, you know, this is the date and time. But what I see is is this major shifting happening in the Caribbean. We're going to see some very ancient volcanoes wake up there. There's one particular that's going to happen around the area where Cayman Islands are. Mm-hmm. And this thing is going to cause a part of the island to go back into the ocean, to break off and fall in the ocean. And when that happens, you got about 30 minutes warning before the tsunamis hit North Carolina. Yeah. But we're going to see that. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I know it's going to happen within the next two year period that we're going to see it activated and everybody wake up because what we have to realize is that Atlantis is waking up don't believe all the stories and I know that all of the people who I work with in science tell me you don't talk about UFOs, you don't talk about Atlantis you know and do you talk about things but Atlantis is real I've seen the many Road I, I know what's down there I, I I know about the work of doctors and David Sink and, and what he's done and don't forget that I'm the guy who was in the Miami Circle and connected it. Mm-hmm. And it's all connected to Bibini. And it's all connected to Atlantis. And it's all connected to Pasadena. And it's all connected to the Bermuda Triangle. And it's all connected to the roads and the temples that are there. And the ocean in the Atlantic is rising. The ground is rising. So these old things, remember the Mayan Empire. Once the, the Gulf of Mexico was like a sea. It was like the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. And that that whole place, these things you're seeing off Cuba, and what that was all part of my empire. It came right up into Florida. Florida was a lot bigger than it is now. Yep. And then the coral reefs were alive. (laughs) Now you leave Florida and you can go all the way down to the Turks and Caicos Islands, and it's about 50 miles off the Turks and Caicos Islands that the coral reefs are still alive. Otherwise, they're dead. You go 150 miles off the shore of Florida, the coral reefs are dead. That's how bad it is there. And there's two reasons. Because it's seen up from underneath and the pollution. And the pollution sets forth an environment where all these destructive elements, because everything's decaying and dying, just proliferate. And so it is dying at a rate of about a mile a month. Okay? And that's being conservative. So we're going to see these kinds of things happening. The basic thing to understand about 2005 is this is when everything gets topsy-turvy. This is when everything goes inside and out. This is when the revealings start to happen on very high levels. What we need to do is to really pay attention to who we are, what's important, how fragile life is, right down to the point of watch your words, watch your anger. You can destroy a human being for the rest of their life with one angry outburst. Start understanding what compassion means. Start learning to get above and beyond your own superstitions and judgments and learn to work with people because if you don't, you're not going to make it. The only ones who are going to survive what's coming are the people who learn to work with each other. Silly little things like make the beanie kachinis and give out these organic seeds to people as gives them these little cheese dolls. and They put them on their shelf, and then when the time comes, they can plant them, and they'll have food to survive. And if we do little things like this, well, then we won't have to worry about that. If we go out and start playing in the little gardens now and growing seeds, we won't have to worry about that. And you can even smoke cigarettes when you're freaking out. Because <laughs> you can roll your own tobacco. Well, how am I going to make the paper? You don't need it. You can smoke it in corn husks. That chinupa is amazing. It never fails. But you don't, know, you know, you don't need to brag about it. I remember I, I can always tell the new chinupa carriers because they bring their chinoopas everywhere. They go into Denny's with their chinoopas. <laughs> they walk into Walmart. They go into their attorney's office. And they got that chinopa hanging, you know. And I remember grandfather used to say, "Be quiet about it," <laughs> you know. But it just cuts through all things, because these ways, you know, are very old, and they're not new. They're not filled with filigree. They cut right through, and they work, because the the Prakashlas are very present, and they're very aware of us. And the, the other thing that people need to do, try doing this, people. For 10 days, try to remove negative thoughts you have about everybody. You know, when the guy runs into you in the supermarket and slams your card, don't curse him. When the guy cuts you off on the road, don't slip into road rage. If you do it for 10 days and you you practice compassion, you'll be amazed at the changes in your life. Mm -hmm. Because that compassion will come back. Many, many times. Give back what you give out. And 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 I think that that's something that we should start practicing this whole year. We're we're in a serious time. You're going to get down. This is the kickoff for the Super Bowl, kids. Right.